This is the Dudes Being Dudes podcast, and here we are nearly a month in to quarantine. I hope everybody is safe and comfortable and, and finding ways to stay fit and keep themselves sane. Certainly a, a great way to do it is to sit down and chat with Campbell baseball players. So we're going to have the 2019 Big South Freshman of the Year, Ryan Chassie, jump in with us. Ryan, as you guys may know, was coming off Tommy John surgery this past summer, so he was not set to play during the year, but took a unique role both in charting pitches, working with the pitching staff, and helping us out, Eric Ortiz and myself, Evan Budrovich, on the social media side, creating some content with pictures and, and GoPro video covering the team. So he has some unique perspectives sort of on how the guys handled this situation of having their season cut short, but also kind of the the camaraderie of the group and how it all came together both as a player and sort of as a player coach that he took on that role this year. So here's our conversation with the sophomore left-hander, Ryan Chassie. We're sitting on almost four weeks now in, in quarantine, and I know, of course, you're still going through classes and you're still trying to, to finish up your year, but give me a sense of sort of how things have changed for you guys as student-athletes and what the day-to-day is like now versus what it used to be like when the season was rolling. I know for me it took it took a week or two to uh, kind of get back into a routine because especially, I mean, I can say as baseball players, we're very, we have a routine. I would lift at 6 o'clock, three days a week, and you know, now it's a lot different having to, you know, not really having a bunch of time constraints where as when we were at school, it was, you know, you have to be somewhere a lot of the, a lot of the day. So you're ready for it. So it's been, a, it's been a challenge for me. I'm curious because of course, a lot of the players this year were in the midst of that old dominion game. And then all of a sudden the season ends, but for you personally overcoming an injury and sort of using this year to rehab, how was that process going for you getting back to, to throwing and, and getting back to full strength and, and just where this all mixes into the equation? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was um, it was interesting because I was not going to be able to pitch this year anyway, recovering from Tommy John surgery. But, like, I was still able to travel and do everything else with the team. So it was it was hard to – it was hard to see some of the seniors' seasons get cut short like that. Um in terms of like a routine, it's been different because, you know, I was able to do PT with our trainer every day and, you know, lift on campus, whereas here I've had to kind of do my own thing and kind of make do with what I have in terms of lifting and, and uh, PT. But you know, it's pretty different. There have been obviously different points in this thing that have, I think have all kept as humbled and honest. I, I was going to ask you about your workout routines do you have a lot of room in the front yard to, you know, run back and forth with sprints or are you grabbing water jugs for, for weights? How, how's the setup like for you? So we've actually, um, at first we were doing a lot of body weight stuff and we have some kind of light stuff at my house, but we've been trying to kind of accumulate some weights and a, a squat rack for me. And yesterday we were actually able to pick up a barbell and some plates. So my workout today was a little bit more kind of similar to what we would do on campus. And I'm actually lucky that my high school has a like an all-turf soccer field that I've been able to go throw and run at, which is very nice. So rather than having to run in my front yard. No, absolutely. And, and you're just up the road in, in Apex at, at Middle Creek High School. And I just remember from – I worked a couple of uh, football games there when I was doing prep stuff and just the, the beauty of that school and kind of the prestige of it and then – of course, you come down to Campbell where that baseball field is, is right up with, with many in the country as a facility. 
Give me a sense of when you kind of first got to Campbell, what it was like walking around Jim Perry, and what's it like now being a player in that facility? Well, when I when I first came on my visit, I actually hadn't – I didn't know exactly where Campbell was. I hadn't been there before, and I was kind of – I don't think I even did a ton of research about, like, this field or anything like that. But when we got there, obviously it's beautiful. and There's multiple – you know, there's pictures and everything that people can go see what the field looks like. But I remember, like, you know, we would walk – we walked on it during my official visit and, you know, went out to the indoor and stuff. But I remember, like, because I, I had only played on turf once in my life and I was just, I was really excited to be able to like practice every day on it. And it's, I mean, it's such a beautiful field, but the turf also allows us to do so many different things. If it's raining, we can still go outside and, you know, and throw and practice like normal. So it's, it's really, it's a beautiful facility. I want to go back to a couple of starts uh, you had as a freshman because you had a, a fantastic freshman year and a couple of games that certainly stood out. You know, one of them that always sticks in my mind is the game against Charleston Southern uh, in, in early May. And, and, you know, knock on wood, you were throwing a no-hitter deep into that game. You gave up just, just one run. When you're rolling like that, is that something you think about? Does anyone mention it to you? What, what was going through your mind as you, you got all those zeros in a row? Um, th- usually that's not something I would think about. Um, at, during that game, I've definitely – I mean, I've never been – before school, I'd always been a little bit wild. I've never been anywhere close to what I think I was six and two thirds perfect in that game. So no base runners. And, you know, that was kind of weighing on me a little bit, but it was, it was an exciting feeling because like I said, I'd never been like in that territory before, but you know, it was, that was a really fun game. It was a, I think it was a rubber match of the series. So we needed to win. Their dugout was talking a lot and you know, that I'm pretty competitive. So that, that helped me out a little bit and yeah that was that was a crazy game it was it would have been pretty cool if I had ended up getting it but it was that was one of my favorite memories from last year no doubt and and you ended up giving up just one run in nine innings and you know another start that certainly stands out in this series was moved around because of some some weather issues and things of that nature but the high point series to start conference and uh, that was a weekend where Campbell had kind of struggled coming into conference play. They weren't really, you know, hitting the, the ceiling we saw near the end of the year. And, and you came out and, and quite honestly shoved, you know, seven innings, no earned runs, and helped your team get a sweep that weekend. What was that series like just from a playing standpoint and then being able to be a huge part of that with your pitching performance? That series was huge for us as a team because I think we had lost five in a row coming in. We might have won the midweek before. But, I mean, everyone was kind of down and kind of, you know, all since we got to campus, we had talked about winning the Big South, that we were the best team and we needed to prove it. But I think we were eight and eight going into that high point series. And that weekend as a whole was huge for us because I think we went 19 six in conference. And just that, that weekend to kind of propel our, like our jump start to conference was huge. And for me personally, that, that Monday game was. It was huge because that was my fifth start, and I was coming off the worst start of my of my college career, and was kind of unsure where I fit in the rotation and everything. And then I guess some a switch just flipped, and I was able to I was able to throw pretty well that game. I remember my defense was actually really really good that game. A couple diving catches. No, absolutely, and and obviously with any success, it comes with defense, and you know it comes working with a good battery. 
I, I'm curious from your perspective. We, we've talked to Colin Wolf about the regional. We've talked to different guys about pitching in those big moments. And, you know, you had a chance. You know, I know it wasn't the start you would have necessarily wanted, but you got to pitch in some really big games and including, you know, the game against Winthrop for all the money in the Big South Championship. And, and, I, and I'm just kind of curious your mindset in how things were going for you. I think you ended up pitching five innings, a couple of runs, but just being a part of a game that had so much on the line and, and trying to help your team win a championship. I mean, looking back on it now, it's pretty crazy that I got to throw in a winner-take-all ESPNU uh, game to go to a regional. Like, I mean, kind of our whole our whole season kind of riding on that game, but I was able to throw on Sundays all year, and a lot of the Sundays were rubber matches, so I kind of had a, you know, we were, we were pretty big on winning series um, as a team. So, you know, I was in some high-pressure spots during the year, but that was – it's a pretty crazy feeling that I was able to throw in that game. Um, I wish I had thrown a little bit better, but, you know, luckily we had a little guy named Matthew Barefoot that saved me. So I was going to say, not only his home run, but just his performance that entire week was was vital. Um, Chassie, we, we have talked about this from time to time because, you know, this year with you getting hurt, you, you've spent some time with myself and Eric Ortiz in the, in the sports info side. But maybe some, some lessons you learned from – year one, especially just in terms of managing workload and, and getting yourself and your body ready to ho- to come back next year, hopefully, and, and be kind of at the peak we saw you in the middle of um, your freshman year? I think since I got to campus, I've made a, well, especially my first year, I made a pretty big jump strength and conditioning wise. And, you know, I've kind of talks about how good that our, our strength and conditioning side of things is. Coach Rodriguez is, is, I can't say enough about him. He's really great. Um, Coach Hare and all the other coaches are big on pushing nutrition and everything for us. The video call in with different professionals. And, you know, that was probably the biggest part for me that helped, um, that helped me see some success my freshman year. Um, Also having Coach Marks and T Rob as, and Coach Robinson as, um, you know, pitching coaches that helped me develop some pitches and, work on my delivery was was huge for me but I'm I think I kind of know what I need to do to be in the best spot that I can be next year and I'm working towards that right now you had mentioned your competitive juice and energy and and a lot of times with with pitchers we'll notice it after strikeouts or after big particular pitches where does that that mindset come from for you and especially when a big moment takes place it, it must be pretty neat to see that emotion come out and and really envelop on the field yeah i mean i've i've always been pretty competitive um like i said in that charleston southern game if you know the their other their dugout was talking to me a lot that happened in the first winter game that i threw to you know that kind of that kind of gives me an extra little like you know, drive to, to like, you know, strike everyone out and not and win the game because they don't need to be talking. So that's kind of where, where that comes from for me. I've kind of always been, I've always had that little chip on my shoulder. No, absolutely. And, and, and I'm, for this particular season, because you, you came into it knowing with, with a Tommy John surgery at the end of last summer that, you know, I wasn't going to pitch this year. I had a different mindset coming into the year. What maybe your thoughts about the program Obviously, you were engaged in practice and, and helping in different ways, but just more as a 
I don't want to say observer, but someone who's on the side kind of watching and, and mentoring versus being a player. Did you notice anything different just being in that perspective? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little bit different just because I wasn't able to do, um, you know, drills and stuff. I just started throwing before. I think I was like three weeks into throwing when the season got shut down. But, I mean, I was kind of trying to do anything I could to help out with, you know, with the pitchers. And I have a little bit of experience hitting from last year. So anything like that. And then I was able to help, like you said, you and Eric out a lot with the um, social media stuff, which I think is pretty cool. And I've actually you know, changed my major to sports communication. And I think that I, I really like doing that stuff. So I appreciate you letting me help. So we got you hooked, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you you took some some neat photos, and you know, we'll definitely point them out on Twitter which ones you took. But I, I'm always fascinated by, you know, photography and what you can capture. And maybe just give us a sense, because one trip we'll talk about a lot is the South Alabama um, charter trip down there, and we basically gave mm-hmm. you a camera with, with Eric and said, hey, you know, capture what you can. Let's create some videos and some pictures and. It seemed like you really enjoyed that experience. Just take me through it a little bit. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, we had talked for a while because that was our uh, our first um, our first series, and that we were able to charter a plane down just just our team, which I thought was really cool. But I mean, the coach here let me come because usually red shirts don't travel. But since I was able to, I wanted to make the most of it, and I thought it was pretty cool that we that we were that you let me take a GoPro and, you know, able to film some of the, you know, getting on the plane and coming into the stadium and our practice the Thursday before was pretty cool. And I got to use one of the, one of Eric's fancy cameras. And I know that a lot of our guys like the pictures that I took and pushed them everywhere. So that was kind of, I like that part about it. What's it like as a, as a baseball player, because we, we see, not during this time of the year with the quarantine, but during the year, that competitive energy and the fun and the enthusiasm of a player. Did you notice it um, any different maybe? Because I know as a pitcher, you're not out there every day. You're, you're kind of pitching your weekly starts. But what's it like being in the dugout when you're not playing versus maybe when you're in the role like you were, kind of more uh, charting pitches and, and things of that nature? This year was actually pretty similar to last um, because – that was kind of my role during the games last year was to chart pitches. So essentially this year was kind of like all the midweeks and Friday and Saturday um, for me, just without, without throwing um, on that Sunday start, but it was kind of more like seeing if I could do anything for the pitchers that were in the game and just kind of seeing how I could help me and uh, Thomas Cogburn tried to pick signs every game. Um, just stuff like that. It's pretty similar. I was going to say, so for people who aren't familiar with what starting pitchers do during the week, um, just when you guys are sitting you know, behind home plate or in the dugout and you're taking notes, what are some areas that you guys are, are charting or are keeping your eye on during a pitching performance? Um, so for mine, for my chart that I did in the dugout, I would keep, I would just track which pitch was thrown and if it was a strike or not and then kind of draw it like a book where – like kind of show where the, the hit goes and everything like that. And I would keep track of pitch counts for T-Rob. And another thing is like, we will look for anything like both our pitchers and the other pitchers. Like if they are, if you've heard of tipping pitches, it's like they do something different when, um, when they're throwing to make 
like to kind of show us what pitch it is. And if our pitcher does that, we, we need to fix it so the other team doesn't see it. And if, you know, if their pitchers do it, we can call out to our hitters and kind of tell them what's coming. And there's, we only played 16 games, but I think probably four or five games we had signs this year, which is pretty cool. Um, but that's kind of what, what a starter would do during the week. During the week. That That's interesting you bring that up because obviously when you're in the process of looking for those things, you know, that's one part of it. But then obviously part of it too is, is noticing that in yourself and maybe the way you're nudging a shoulder or moving an elbow before a certain pitch. Is that something maybe you've thought about more now, just being in that mindset a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, that was one thing that they stressed my first fall at, at Campbell was that we need to be, we need to look the same throwing each pitch that we throw. And, you know, that's, it's kind of crazy to watch other teams that, um, like other teams that don't really take an interest in that. Cause we, like, we kind of know what's coming a lot. And especially teams that don't even try to hide it a lot is interesting. Cause we'll pick signs from the coaches and from the, the pitchers. Yeah. There's, there's so much to it. And, and not only that, of course, but then, uh, I want to talk about your hitting a little bit as well. I know last year when you came in as a freshman, you were a two-way guy and you hit a lot at Middle Creek and, and you had a good pitching career as well. Um, a lot of things people wouldn't see before the game is you were part of the hitting groups and usually one of the earlier groups, but you would be part mm-hmm. of the, the BP groups before most of the games uh, during last season. And and just I'm always fascinated by it because there, there's a lot of different ways to approach BP and different things you're trying to get out of it, but what are some takeaways you had with working with, let's say, Justin Hare's style of batting practice and, and things you were trying to work on at the plate? I really like Kitcher's um, hitting philosophy and everything like that. I think it made me a better hitter. Um, but you know, last year it's it's hard to get it's hard to get at bats as a weekend starter just because you know they don't need they don't need someone like me getting hurt running to first base or anything like that. But I I mean I was very appreciative that he allowed me to hit and. Um, you know, a lot of kids get told that, hey, you can be a two-way when you come to school, and then they kind of don't let them. But Coach Hare was very, was very cool about that and let me hit all year. And it was, I mean, it's a good experience. I, I enjoy hitting, and I had fun with it. Not to pull back the curtain too far, but are there any plans possibly for, for next year? And this, nothing's set in stone yet, of course, but have you thought about getting back into the box a little more consistently, or what are kind of your plans for, for next year? Uh, we'll see. I need to talk to Coach Hare about it. I mean, it probably depends because this year I know that before I got hurt, obviously I was only healthy for a little bit, but I decided not to just because of the influx of um hitters that we kind of had coming in. So it it kind of depends on on what we see, and it's going to be a little bit harder for me to do that now just because I'm uh, rehabbing my arm. But you know, we'll see. We we've got a lot of time before we have to come back to campus. So, No, absolutely. That is, it's, it, it's certainly something I miss. So we'll see. That is one of the perks of it. While we're going down this road, uh, of course, Campbell plays ECU every year in these midweek matchups. And, and that's something that Cliff Godwin has really emphasized with his program of having two-way players, especially uh, elite-level fielders and hitters that can also pitch. And, and And I'm wondering to you, just your fascination with it at the college level and whether you think, obviously in the big leagues, it, it, outside of someone like Shohei Otani, it's not very commonplace or popular. But 
just your thoughts on the college baseball landscape with two-way players and how that can function in, in your day-to-day with a club. So for me last year, I actually was able to, um, I was able to kind of time it up really well where, like you said, that I would hit in the earlier group. So me and me and most of the catchers would hit in the first group and then I would go and get my throwing in for the day. So it didn't really clash with anything else. And I would, you know, I would take some swings on my own, um, you know, after practice and stuff, but first like ECU, like I remember that the first game that Campbell played at home after I committed was ECU and they had Alec Burleson, who's their left fielder and a pitcher right now. He plays first base too, but he, it was, it was like his first start as freshman year and he hit third and pitched. And I thought that was like the coolest thing. Like I wanted to do that. So I know that there's not a ton of teams to do it. We have a couple two ways. Um, Lawson Harrell and Zach Neto that are pretty skilled with it from both from both sides of the uh, of the plate. But you know, it's it, I think it's a really cool thing. It shows a lot of different expertise instead of just focusing on one thing. No, absolutely, and and I'm glad you mentioned Lawson because he he was somebody that would come in the office with with you a lot as well. How do you feel like your role maybe changed from year one where you were a new a new pitcher and trying to get your your feet wet to sort of year two where obviously you were injured early in the, in the fall so you didn't get to play as much but people kind of look to you for that expertise or that guidance on how to get accustomed to things i think that i tried to take a little bit more of a leadership role my second year um it was a little bit harder because i wasn't able to play but i mean one thing that was big for me is that since i live close i was able to lift this summer um lift and train with all the new freshmen so i kind of got to and some of the junior college guys. So I kind of got to develop a relationship with them before some of the, you know, returners did, which I think was, was good for me. I think that's one thing that I, you know, made a big, big push to do was, you know, kind of to learn everyone's name really early and, you know, kind of let the team gel, try and help with that. Ryan, I, I really appreciate the time. I know you're a baseball junkie through and through. So I want to get your final thoughts you know, things are, are still up in the air uh, about the MLB season and what's going to happen. But let's say the big league season starts in, in June, theoretically. Who Who is your favorite, uh, your prediction to, to win the World Series? And, and who are some teams we should keep our eye out on this year in the MLB Ooh. landscape? Hmm. Um, I hate to say it, but I think the Dodgers are probably the favorite to win it. Um. I'm a big Red Sox fan, so we'll see how that goes. You can look out for them. But, you know, one of my favorite players got traded to the Dodgers. You know, my dog's named after Mookie Betts, so. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> I, I know we've had these discussions. I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan. You're a Red Sox fan. So, yeah. Um, the, the Mookie Betts trade's interesting to me because I, I realized, you know, it, it was a contract situation and, and there was a lot of money owed to him down the road. But it, it does make you wonder the future of the Red Sox a little bit. And, I guess where I'm getting at here is, you know, especially with the big leagues so up in the air this year, it's hard to even predict who's going to be a favorite. I have seen Oakland as a possible candidate in the AL. Obviously, the Yankees are are very good. I think the parity of the big league level is about as high as it's been in a couple of years. I agree. Uh, yeah, the Yankees got helped out a little bit from from the time. I mean, I know James Paxton was hurt, and he'll probably be back by the time they start. So. They'll be they'll be really good. Garrett Cole's obviously an amazing pitcher to watch. Um, yeah, I mean the Rays are going to be really good. You got to watch out for 
hopefully Ryan Thompson from from Campbell University is up with them and no doubt because he's he's with uh, I saw he was with AAA for a good amount. Did he did he make their spring training roster too? He did. He's a, he was um he made it from the start. I actually got the chance to live with him a little bit this this winter because he was training at Campbell, which was really a cool experience. But he made the uh, the major league spring training roster, and I think he was six appearances, no runs before they got shut down. So. No, and he was coming, a, he was coming back from an injury too, so he's he's throwing really well, no doubt. Yeah, he's a great player to follow for Campbell fans, and he's got that fun sidearm delivery, which I always love. Yeah, um, Chassie, my final thoughts: When restaurants do become a little more open again, and not just for takeout, where is your go-to spot in the Apex area, and uh, <laughs> what, what's your favorite type of food? Ooh, um, that's a hard question. There's a I really like Aviator in Fuqua, which is really nice. Um, there's a place called Lucky 32 that's also very good. Um, I don't know. I have, a, I have a lot of different types of food. I like to cook, so kind okay. of whatever. Is there is there a go-to – I mean, now pregame meals are a little different because you have to get your body ready, but is there a favorite meal you have kind of the day of the game or anything like that? Um, Last year we would do – Last year at home, because I would throw on Sundays, I would usually do a like a breakfast sandwich from Subway. It was usually my my go-to meal. I think I had that before the Charleston Southern game, and then I had to do it again because I threw pretty well. So oh, the superstition kicks in, my friend. I figured that would be a part of it. <laughs> it does. Uh, Chassie, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Of course. Thank you.